welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. I want to talk with you about engaging, engage, all things for the sake of the gospel, all things for the sake of the gospel. This is what we have been called to as a people and as a church, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to look at what it is and its power, but how we can engage with it, and then the blessings of engaging with the gospel. Um, I... uh, I texted my daughter this morning and just asked dates of something. And um, our uh, one grandson, six, six years ago, a little over six years ago, was taken to the hospital at Upper Chesapeake. And all we knew something was wrong. And after three days, they discovered that what, what the situation was, they could not deal with it. And they rushed him down to the University of Maryland Medical Center. What a, what a great facility. And as it turned out, he was in the hospital for 26 days. His kidneys shut down for 21 days. And um, it, it turned out to be an E. coli attack that started to affect things internally. He lost all kinds of weight. He was under 30 pounds, and it just... It just was a very, very difficult, challenging, and sometimes a very fearful time. When a person's kidneys shut down and we'd visit, my wife and I would visit, try to visit every day, and his mom, his dad was working, and his mom never left his bedside for all those 26 days was with him. And we go down and see him and... Uh, got down under 30 pounds and had a ventral tube and knowing that kidneys were shut down, he was on dialysis. And uh, this little kid that I loved so much bought his first pair of cowboy boots and, you know, and see him lying there and just sort of melt into the bed covers, just nothing but tubes coming out. And sometimes just unresponsive, and I'd rub his feet and say, call him by name, and we love you, and we're praying for you, and other people are praying, and so many people in the church were so encouraging with cards, and, and someone even loaned a car, and just all of those things, and there was even some little bit of money that came, you know, just, you know, just all of that, and the, they had the very best of the best. And uh, the bills started coming in, and they showed me some of those things for a 10-minute consultation. It could be a couple thousand dollars. But it didn't make any difference because on the 26th day, he was released. And I still have the picture of him when he first was able to walk. And he's going down the hallway with that IV tube. And he he was up again. And when he came home, and it took up... uh, all it started in October 2012, and we didn't know if we'd be able to have Christmas and to see him sit on 
our fireplace hearth and his legs dangled down and have everyone there, I'm going to tell you, we would have given the world anything it took to make sure that that was going to happen. He was absolutely worth it. Paul the Apostle talks about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he says, because of the power of the gospel, he said, I am all things to all men that I might win some. And he said, I do all things for the sake of the gospel that I can be a partaker of the gospel, the blessings of the gospel. And I want to unpack this for you today. My prayer is that God's word will inform us about what we're all about. This is the greatest cause, the greatest cause that God would ask us to participate in is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm so grateful for it. How about you? Praise God. I'm so glad he took our place. I'm so glad that he came to save, to deliver, and to set free. The gospel, the first thing I want to share with you, and you do have some notes in your uh, bulletin program. There's notes there, an outline, and, and I'd encourage you that space is available. You can take notes for and, and um, reflect on that. As you also know, uh, um, you can go to... Um, you can go to under, under the Bible plan. If you have your smartphone with you, I left mine there. So if it rings, someone grab it and uh, just decline. Uh, uh, just a crazy story. I had a, I had a rototiller for sale. Uh, I put it on uh, something, whatever in the world, Craigslist. And I, and I had a duck call. It was a quack, quack, quack. And I was preaching on a Sunday morning, all of a sudden, quack, 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 you know. And then people are texting me, is that rototiller still for sale? It was so embarrassing. Like, I wanted to shoot that duck, you know. So, yeah, so Bob, if it goes off, you grab it quick. And just, you know what to do with it, yeah. The gospel, what is it? What is it? Romans 1.16, Paul declared, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek or to the Gentile. It's the power of God for salvation, where we can be reconciled to His grace. It's the power of God to save us because no one can save themselves. When we say yes to the Lord, we enter and step into the grace of God, which brings us into another realm, another world, a world that is otherworldly, a world that God controls, a world that His grace is sufficient for us. The gospel is the power for salvation. It's the power to forgive. It's the power to make all things new. The scripture says, if any man be in Christ, behold, all things, old things are passed away and all things become new. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power to forgive when we can't forgive ourselves. It's the power to flood our lives with his presence and his life where there's no hope and only darkness. It's not only for forgiveness, but it gives us an abundant life. 
The gospel of Jesus Christ provides healing in the strong name of Jesus. And I want to encourage you this morning that when we need healing, that we draw a line in the sand and we call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you, you, O Lord, are my Savior. You are my rock. You are my Redeemer. You've provided healing for me by the atonement, by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the power of the resurrection, and we call on your name today, O Lord. It's the power to set free, and it's, it's not only that, it's keeping power, but it's the gospel is also lived out and made alive in our lives. This past week, I had the privilege of teaching 18 or 19 uh, seniors, pastoral students at North Point Bible College. And uh, I, just, I just absolutely uh, love pouring into them. But I, I saw and witnessed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matt Ray, Matt Ray, two, tour, turn, two tours in the military. I believe he was Marine. Went through Iraq and then went to Afghanistan and was blown up. I mean, just blown up. He was put back together. Someone talked with him about Jesus Christ and he found the Lord and God's called him to the ministry. Just a few down from him was Enzo Rocca, president of the North Point Bible senior class, voted and so well thought of and carries himself with a dignity yet a humility. And as I found out, he's a graduate of Teen Challenge because when he accepted the grace of Jesus Christ, he stepped into another world and the Lord Jesus Christ has set him free praise God, and called him to the ministry. And I think he's going to do something for God. Praise his name. And I went on around, and then I saw Ryan Madden that was there, and I was talking with Ryan, this bright-eyed, sharp man, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, that's the kind. If, I, if we were hiring, I, that's, you know. And he told me, he said, he, he called, they, uh, well, they call me. It doesn't make any difference. They just, they call me. And he said, I'm the only one that I ever know in the history of our, my family that's been saved. The only one. He said, but someone told me about Jesus Christ, and I was attending a university, and he was, I, I don't know, business administration or whatever it is that he was in, and he said, when I stepped into the grace of God and I gave my life to the Lord, he said, it totally changed me and flooded me with life and a sense of purpose and he said, I changed. And he said, I felt God called me to the ministry. Praise God. And I went on around the corner, and there was a big guy, big old burly guy there. And I was talking with him and finding out their stories and come to find out he's a Yukon football player, living that whole lifestyle of university, athletics, and what all that means. And it doesn't always mean good things, I can tell you that. And he said, God saved me, and now I'm going into the ministry. That's the power of God of salvation. But it does, it's not just there, and it's, it's here also. And I see Kevin and Lynn Hill, and they told me their story once. It blew me away. I had no idea, and I had no idea what they were doing and what they're into. But God has saved Lynn, and God has saved Kevin 
And God has set them free. And I was here the night that Kevin was baptized in the Holy Spirit. This big old brute of a guy. And just, he said, oh, Pastor Dross, can you smell that? I said, what are you talking about? He said, it's the sweetest fragrance. It's all over, you know. And, and, it, and, and it's just a special something that God was doing for him that changed his life and changed Lynn's life. And they've lived for the Lord through some really, really challenging times. And I look and I see Jared Mormon, and Jared is a Teen Challenge graduate. He's became a member of the church today. And Kayla Yadow, I heard her testimony at Aberdeen in the, in the park, and she gave a testimony. I was blown away by that whole thing. It's because of stepping into the grace of God. And we come under a different leader in this life other than ourself and the enemy of our soul. And we go into that realm. It's the power of God for salvation. And this is why we give all things. We become all things to all of mankind so that we might win some. To the weak, we become weak. To this poor, we become poor. We give all things for the sake of the gospel so that we might become partakers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you this morning and myself that as we pray for and we give ourselves to the gospel of Jesus Christ to never look down our noses at somebody because of what they're going through or what they're, where they've come from. Because we all have issues in our life. How many understand that? We all have issues. The Apostle Paul had issues. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. The things that I want to do, I can't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. But I, just, I do want to say this, that we will never, never defeat the demons that we enjoy playing with. Is there an Amen. Paul went on to say this in the second thing that I want to share with you is that when he talked about all things for the sake of the gospel, he said that he wrote this because there is an urgency around us. We are the voice for the Lord. All in means that we are part become part of, and we're intentional about creating a culture. We, at our leadership meeting, um, we heard Pastor Sam Masteller say these words, that while vision is important, it's culture that drives an organization or determines what it's going to do. Culture is made up of our values and what, how we do things. Our values determine what we're going to do. Creating a culture for all to hear, to be, to go, to do, to say, to speak, to love, to pray, to sing, to serve, whatever that is. Vision, in fact, vision goes nowhere without a culture that is all in to carry out that vision. That's why, that's why Jesus said, when you follow me, take up your cross and follow me. It's why he calls you and me you and me, to do everything for the sake of the gospel. 
Luke 12 tells us the sad, sad story of the parable of the rich man with full barns who said, I have, I have more than enough. I want to build bigger barns. I want to lay up those things, and I'm set for years to come, and I'm going to take my ease. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. And Jesus said, Thou fool, tonight your soul will be required of you. One of the most dangerous mindsets or culture that can settle into the church is that we have enough, is that, is that we can now take a nap because we have arrived. I want to encourage us and always remind us that what God is enabling us to build through your saying yes to the gospel and your faith promises to build Jen now, that is not the end of what God has called us to do. That is just an, a continuation of what God has called us to do. I believe that the Lord wants us to dream big. I believe that he has things for us that we have not thought about. I was thrilled when Pastor Bobby had the remarks that he had to say that we can come to church and we have our frame of mind of what, what it should be like or what the order of service should be like. But the, some of the best moments are when God breaks through and we call on the Lord and say, Lord, what's next? Put a dream in my heart. And God shows up and puts something there that we have not even begun to think about. And I want to encourage you to dream big for God as you create opportunities to do something for the Lord. As we are weak for the weak and we go where the poor are or the homeless, whatever it might be. They, that it's not only for people that are disadvantaged, but God has put you in a situation at your job, in your circle of influence. He's put you someplace for a reason so that you can be a voice for God. God will use us, I believe, as we dream big for the Lord. This morning we have small groups that are here, and some of them are to edify the believers, and I just, others are for prayer. I, I, I tell you, I would hate to be the devil that goes up against the war room moms. Amen. Yes. Yes. And they're not on the war path. You know what I'm saying? They're not that kind of mom. I mean, they're, they're sharing their lives and immerse this new group, God girls. I, I, I don't know if men are allowed to say girls anymore or not, but you all said that, so are you a God girl? You want to be immersed. It's fellowship and living life and hearing the word together. But we also have a small group called Abba's Heart, and it's, it's a heart of God for the orphans and for the foster children, almost 200 strong in Harford County that that don't have a future that seems to be very promising at all. And that's where Jesus Christ would go. There's also another group, I believe it's a, a CASA. It's advocates for children, foster kids in the, in the court system. So you may not be able to have a foster child in your home, but we can be an advocate. We can stand up for the weak. We can go where Jesus would go. We can make a difference and we won't allow anyone or any person or any demon or devil to tell the church of Jesus Christ what it can and what it cannot do. Praise God. Amen. Praise his name. Amen. 
Don't tell me we can't do that. Uh, I think that God wants the church to be contrarian in its spirit, not a bunch of people that are contrary. How many know the difference? But contrary, contrarians. When I was a kid, no matter what you told me I couldn't do, guess what? I had to do it. I got in more trouble. They said, don't throw rocks over that house. It's too high. You're going to break a window. I never believed them. I had to prove it myself. And boy, did I prove it. I couldn't throw a rock over that house. I ended up at the doctor's office because I, I, you know, just stitches and all the, doing all this mess as a kid, trying to prove that I could when they said I couldn't. But the Lord wants us to be a church that is a contrarian church when it comes against going with the good news of the gospel. He has called you and me to explain God to this world. No one else explains God to this world. If you leave it up to television and the movies and Netflix and the media who hates, the, who hates for the most part, it seems, righteousness and the things of God, you will find that the church is painted as weak and powerless and clergy have no power. power. They're dim-witted. They're just sort of goofballs and they can't do anything else and they're just ordered around. I'm here to tell you that's not the case. He's called us to be a mighty and a victorious army. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, he said, I thank God who always leads us in triumph, the triumph of the gospel. He was, he, was, he, was, uh, he was writing about specifically about the Roman army, the military and the government when they would win decisive battles, significant battles in major campaigns. They would parade in the streets the Roman soldiers and the captives for everyone could, to see what was happening. And Paul said, I thank God that he always leads us in triumph in Jesus Christ. And church, I want to say this. As long as we're all in for the cause of Jesus Christ, he will lead us in triumph. But you can't be a soldier and be part-time. How many understand what I'm saying? You can't be a soldier and say to your commanding officer, well, let me think about that if I want to do that. You can't be a soldier and not, call, not fall in when you're called to fall in. You can't be a soldier and not march when the commanding officer says, let's go up that hill. And the good news is Jesus Christ is the captain of our salvation. He never asks us to take a hill, but what he goes in front of us, praise God. Amen. And so we go and we march and we say, Lord, yes, we go. We want to be part of a culture that is all in for you. So rather than having the full barn mentality, we should have the culture like Lauren Triplett, who is the former national director, executive director of World Missions and a great man. Actually, he was my neighbor for a few years, but before he was ever that, way back in the day, I met him at Trinity Life and he had no idea who in the world I was and I just went up and I said, Brother Triplett, because we called people brother in that day. He was a great man of God. I said, we were in the green room together. It was a, a big rally that we we're putting on Pentecost Sunday. And I said, would you pray for me? 
And I'll never forget, and there's nothing wrong with asking men of God or women of God to pray for you, to ask an anointing on your life. And he prayed that I would do big things for God. He prayed that God would put a dream in my heart, that I would not be limited by what I saw around me. I'll never forget him. And who would ever know that several years later he'd be my neighbor? He, he just, it was a wonderful thing. But this is what Lauren Triplett said. We must not measure the harvest by what's in the barn, but by what's in the field. And when we're all in for the cause of Jesus Christ, we see the field beyond these walls. We have far vision, not just myopic vision. God help us to explain you. In fact, I believe that we're sort of I think God uses us like, the, like the, the cover on the box of a jigsaw puzzle. And how many like to do jigsaw puzzles? Let me see. All right, there's a few. God bless you. Buy them all up. Yeah, it's just not my deal. Call me when it's finished. I have a daughter who loves jigsaw puzzles. If you're a jigsaw puzzler, um, get a table. Just everyone leave me alone. You look at that 2,500 piece. But what I know, what they do, they set the box up. I mean, know what I'm talking about. They set the box up. And then they say, oh, there's a blue sky there and there's a green tree there. Let's look for that corner, that green corner. That goes there. Blue sky, that goes over there. Golden wheat field in that corner. Oh, that one goes down there. And then they fill in the corners. And then they, then they start finding the straight line pieces. Then they fill that in. And then they're looking at that box. They're looking at that box. And the next thing you know, it starts to come together. I believe God has called the church to be the, the box, the picture to this big jigsaw puzzle called life that when they look at the church of Jesus Christ, God makes sense. Praise God. Amen. I also believe, like Paul said, that we are the ambassadors of Jesus Christ, God making his appeal through us. And he said, we are the fragrant aroma of the Lord leading them from life to life. What comes to my mind Every one of us have a unique personality and we can reach people that other people can't reach. It's sort of like uh, Bomb Boy's ice cream parlor. How many, you know what I'm talking about up there? Yeah. And you know, you know or just an ice cream parlor. Bomb Boy's is up in Habit of Grace, a good place to go. Or, I mean, there's lots of them in Harford County. Brooms Bloom, I happen to like that one a lot. But you get in line and sometimes that line is going way out the door. You know what I'm talking about? And you're thinking... You know, I want this one. My wife says, oh, I hope they have that one. That's my favorite one. And I said, me too. This is what I'm here for. Then they've got new ones. Then you get up and they say, do you want a sample? Like, how many know do you want a sample? I mean, that's, that's like asking a camel in the desert who wants a drink, you know? So, yeah. So they whip out those little white plastic spoons. You know what I'm talking about? You'll say, oh, boy, let me let me taste this newfangled kind, you know, oh, okay. Then you go down, you know, and, and the next thing you know, there's one that you really like. 
and you say, give me a double scoop. Right? Now, that's big at Broom's Bloom. That's really big. But it's summertime, and I, I earned it. You know, I've waited in line for 15 minutes. You know, I've earned it. I've burned off a lot of calories just standing up, you know. So, but give me a double scoop. And I believe that God's made each of us like that. We're different flavor in the body of Jesus Christ. And people, they, you know, oh, taste and see that God is good. Let's explain God. God's good. You know, get in line. Here's a spoon. I'll make a scoop for you. So they'll say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go all in. I want to I come and, and be in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise his name. But there's one other thing I want to share with you today, and that's this, that along with this, there are opportunities. And I want to encourage you, what are your opportunities? And I want to encourage you to dream big for God. Let Lord, would you release the spirit of your dreams and visions that you've promised upon the lives of people in Grace Assembly of God. After last week's prayer meeting, Bob Lidke, that always sits right behind me, and I just think he's got my back there, you know. And Bob and Sue have been so faithful over the years, and Bob is there and loves God. And he said, Pastor Paul, I saw a picture. And he said, I saw this picture, he said, of these, these Olympic these Olympic guys carrying the torch and they're running like before this stadium full of people. But it wasn't just one, it was a whole bunch of people. And Bob, what I, what I heard that you said, okay, was that you, you believe there are the young adults that God was giving this torch to to do far greater things than what we've ever seen. Praise God. We want to dream big and help people in their dreams to go places for the Lord. Praise his name. The last thing I want to share with you, though, is this. Partakers in the blessings of the gospel. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. And I have a question this morning. If Jesus said, my food, my strength, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work, how much more is at our strength, our food, our sustenance? How much more do we need to say yes, Lord, to that? There are blessings of obedience, church, all throughout God's word. Obedience to the covenants of God brings blessings it brings provision, resources to do his work, and it brings an anointing. When we enter into the work of the Lord, all things for the sake of the gospel, there is an anointing that comes on a life and a congregation. There's provision that comes. There's faith that comes. There's sacrifice that comes. We praise God for it. And so when we support missionaries, and my, my nephew, Justin Ruddy, is planting a church, and some of you know Justin, and, and I called him up, and he said, Uncle Paul, uh, he, he said, can I pick you up at the airport? I want him to come up to my church planting class because he's planting a church. I love, he's 34 years old, and he still calls me Uncle Paul. 
I just, I love it, you know. And so I said, you're not the, no, you're my uncle. And he said, I want to show you East Boston where I'm planting a church. We spent two hours there. Jam-packed people on top of each other. 45,000 people in his neighborhood, Eagle Hill, where triple-decker homes are going for $1.2 million, where rent is $1,800 a month for a one-bedroom apartment. He said, God's called me here. I feel this is home. This is home. We drove around these streets, and he's telling me about that. He sent me a letter, and he's asked for support. We're going to help him. Chris and I are going to help him. We're going to get behind him. We're going to make the dream possible. But only 1,000 people out of 45,000 people go to church on Sunday mornings. We're going to help him. But there's the blessings of obedience all throughout God's word, the covenants that were given. God gave covenants for his people to carry them out. And today we live under the new covenant. The new covenant is Jesus Christ. And he's called you and me to come alongside, to go into all the world and witness and to preach the gospel. And so missionaries come. And right now we support 60-some, but we're going to keep supporting more. We got ready to build, and someone, someone said to me, not from this congregation, I was surprised. I said, what do you want to do that for? I almost fell down. What athlete wouldn't want to play in the Super Bowl? What baseball player wouldn't want the bat in his hand in the, in the bottom of the ninth with two out and bases loaded and they're down one to nothing? What athlete wouldn't want the bat placed in their hand? They said, why don't you just take it easy? That means you're getting old, so just sort of cruise on. To the, you know, They say old soldiers never die, they just fade away. I want to disprove that. I want to do something for God. As long as God gives me breath, how about that? Affecting people's lives for the gospel, making disciples. We're not a mega church, but what they're finding, mega churches are great. They preach the gospel. They're finding that mega churches, that the churches our size are the best size for making disciples. And that's all we're going to be measured by anyways, how many disciples we make. And so no one knows you're going to grow. If you, you might want to be a basketball player and be 7'7", seven, seven, like the tallest guy in the NBA ever was, but maybe you're only going to grow to 5'9". How many know there's certain things? You can't grow to 7'7". Seven, seven. How many are aware of that? So I don't know what height we're going to grow to, but I know that God has called us to be mighty in the Lord, praise his name, always leading us to triumph, praise God, amen. Praise God. In the history of America, the churches, I want to close with this. What the research shows, the churching of America has come about not through the mainline denominations, but it's come about through what they call the upstarts. The Baptists, the Methodists at one time, the Pentecostals, the Assemblies of God. The mainline denomination history shows us, what it shows us is that they have tended, when push comes to shove, to not have high expectations of the disciples of Jesus Christ, to not declare the full gospel. We look back in revolutionary days and we say, they're the greatest days of America, they're the most godly spiritual men. 
what the facts show is only 17% of the American population went to church during the revolutionary, not just revolutionary war, but in the mid to late 1700s. But God began to move in powerful ways in camp meetings and revivals, and the Baptists began to take the gospel. The Methodists began to take the gospel, and, and they weren't highly educated. There's nothing wrong with education. The only thing, there's nothing wrong with education. There's something wrong with you if you think you're something because you're educated. How many get what I'm saying? It's just a tool to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. But they went, they preached the heart gospel, they preached what the Lord required, they preached in terms that people could understand. And Christianity since then, today, 62% of Americans now are affiliated with some type of church. They are all in church? No, they're not all in church. But there's more people affiliated with a church today than there was back then. And it's been primarily because the gospel of Jesus Christ that people said, we're not going to take a nap but we're going to go forward. We're going to rise and we're going to go forward in the strong name of Jesus. Praise his name. Praise God. And so I just continue. I thank you for what you've done, but I, I want to say this in the strong name of Jesus. Our work is not done. And if we want the blessings of God, and if I'm going to, if we're going to do this thing, let's be blessed. How many, let's do that. Let's have an anointing. Let's have the resources that come as we are all in for the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise his name. Amen. Praise God. Let's do it. Praise God. Would you bow your heads with me, the band, if you'd come, please.